Welcome to the Cinema Swamp. Okay. Let's party. In episode 83, we continue with the top 5 of our top 10 best movies of the 2010s. That's quite a mouthful to say, but we have a few mouthfuls in this episode about some of the best films that came from the decade. Give it a listen, and thanks for joining us. Alright, my number five movie is This Is The End. Oh. Uh, it's, yeah, it's one of the best comedies of 2010, I think. Um, stellar cast, super cool, like, meta concept. Yeah, I love this movie. It's super funny. Plus, I wanted to talk about it. <laughs> this is the end rocks. I, I love it. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but def- yeah, it's so underrated. It's been a couple of years since I've watched it last, but mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like I'm always quoting it. Sinkhole de Mayo. I was saying that recently when <laughs> Cinco de Mayo. Sinkhole de Mayo. <laughs> um... <laughs> No, I love that movie too, and I thought it was such a just great concept for a movie that really those guys could have pulled off the best. Because when you hear on its face, oh, it's a movie where a bunch of comedians are just playing themselves during the apocalypse. Like so much of that could be so like, um, you know, it's meta, but it is it a good kind of meta, or is it going to be like self indulgent? But the fact that they're really playing up what we kind of stereotypically know about them kind of made it all that better and some of them are just such crazy versions of themselves you gotta wonder if like there's any truth to it like michael Sarah being just a complete like coke addict losing his phone and um getting brutally murdered like you, you got you gotta wonder like that's going mm-hmm. completely against what we normally know about michael Sarah. um yeah and like Jonah Hill just being this, like, really, like, suave, chill, like, happy dude that's that, for some reason, Jay absolutely hates. You gotta wonder, like, how much truth is to that as well, and I, I like that they make jokes like that where they're really playing up what they really are in real life, uh, especially, mm-hmm. like, um, Danny McBride just becomes, like, a warlord <laughs> and has... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Channing Tatum in like <laughs> God, like in like a leash or whatever and it's just he's my bitch right <laughs> <laughs> but overall like I think the characters are very true to what you would actually expect them to be like and also it's just a really good movie about the, the rapture like I thought it was actually a very well told <laughs> version of the rapture as you know as I had been told the story uh when I was younger, yeah. I who's who's the main guy in it? Uh, it's, so it's I guess it's kind of centered around him and Seth Rogen, but yeah, uh, Jay Baruchel. Jay... Yeah, he's. I mean, he's only like in a handful of stuff. It's it's interesting to see like a movie about such like prolific people, but him, he's kind of like like I don't. I never see him in those circles other than in that movie. Like, is he actually really close friends with Alabama? Up to part of the plot, too, because, like, Seth Rogen doesn't want to, like, be his friend. Or, I, oh, wait. Never mind. That's the other way around. He doesn't want to be Seth Rogen's friend. Right. Because Seth Rogen became too Hollywood for him. 
Which is kind of the whole point that Hunter's making. It's not a big name. He was in Tropic Thunder. I forgot about that. Because that's like the funniest scene in that movie where he's explaining the war between HD DVD and Blu-ray and how like porn decided who won. And then like, uh, which character is it? Um, That one guy just turns around. He's like, wait, you were talking to me this entire... I'm just telling whoever wants to listen. I think I I like that because I relate heavily to that man. And someone finally turned around like, wait, you you were talking to me about that the whole time? (laughs) Man, I want to rewatch that so bad now. Trap of Thunder is good too. We we just recently did again. Yeah. Tropic Thunder and This is the End. I want to see both. For sure. I, until I saw the Fatties trailer at the beginning, I thought they were a real trailer. <laughs> Fatties almost feels like it would have been a Jack Black movie. I think Jay Baruchel was in a couple of the movies with them, so I think that's how he kind of got integrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he was in... Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins should have been in the movie. I mean, it's not too far outside the realm of possibility. They ha- they did have Rihanna. They did have Kevin Hart and Paul mm. Rudd. Like, you kind of forget that there's so many cameos in that. You know, that's the one Aziz reason. And sorry. That's why I know this movie could not be uh, a fiction. Uh, it-, it can't be nonfiction, I mean. It can't be true. Because Paul Rudd would have definitely been brought to heaven right away. That made no sense. Why was he still there? <laughs> I think it's supposed to like make you wonder what he did, like, <laughs> like who Paul Rudd actually is. See, that should be the sequel. This is still the end. Oh, dude, that would be great. <laughs> Paul Rudd is like the rival cannibal group. <laughs> right, yeah, it's called "That Wasn't the End." And then it's... <laughs> no, this is the end. Uh, my number five is Tusk. Yes. <laughs> Uh, from here on out, just so you guys know, it's all horror movies. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's all Kevin Smith movies from here on out. <laughs> I've only seen this one Kevin Smith movie, I think. But yeah, it's so good. I'm not a fan of the body horror genre, but I love Tusk, and that's the only one that I really admire oh, yeah. from that genre. Plus, the fact, and I, and I mean more like from the genre that spawned from like Human Centipede, not body horror in general, but like Tusk still grosses mm-hmm. me out and scares me, but I love it. Yeah. I want to rewatch it. And I feel like it's such, like, it's not like body horror, like Human Centipede. Like, in this, he totally transforms a whole person into something else, which is so gross but so fascinating and it actually shows the process of him kind of doing it which is super cool i think too and it still Mm -hmm. has a really good story yeah yeah i think the story is and then johnny depp is like the best part of the movie i was just gonna say it cuts from horror to johnny depp's humor so perfectly and it's so good yeah it's not worth it. Yeah, don't check out Yoga Hosers. It's not bad. Oh, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. It's pretty. I mean, like, if I don't know, like, if you're like really bored and you just like no. go into it knowing it's bad, don't go into it thinking I'll be the only one who likes this movie. Like everyone else is blind because I kind of thought that going into it. I'm like, I'm gonna see what it actually is, and no, it's pretty garbage. The whole movie's pretty bad. It's so. it's awful. It's not a so good. It's bad movie. It's just. It's really hard to watch. 
Mm-hmm. It's cool to see Johnny Depp. Again. Even Johnny Depp character. is, yeah, but he's, he's he's like the best part of it, but he's still not as good as in Tusk. I think. Yeah. I think Tusk is better because you just don't expect that Johnny Depp's going to be in the movie, and like I really like uh, yeah. his okay. So his nose um, is meant to look like a penis tip, and I guess Johnny Depp suggested that. He suggest he wanted really? he he was in the movie, and he suggested like, can I like have my nose look like a penis? And Kevin Smith's like, please, yes, <laughs> <laughs> please. That's funny. I know at the very end of the movie, um, I don't think I don't, I don't know if it's considered a spoiler, but Johnny Depp plays a guitar solo. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it's not very good, but <laughs> it's interesting. My number five is Hereditary, one of the best horror movies of all. I think I think it definitely is one of the best horror movies of all time, but absolutely within recent years, I think it's it should be on everyone's like top ten horror movies in the past ten twenty years maybe. I don't know. It has everything, and it also is like original, even though there's like other stories that are similar. But I know we talked about Hereditary before, right. um, so I don't go too much into it. But um, no, it's it's fantastic. <sighs> no, it's just uh, I got to rewatch it. Like I, I said, know. I watched it that one time in theaters, and it was uh, no, it was terrifying, and it messed with me. Um, Would you watch it again? Yeah, no, I'd watch it. With you literally any day. Yeah, we, we could, if we could, like get just get together and watch it. It doesn't even have to be for one of our episodes. But actually, that would be kind of fun to do, of like a first impressions for Zach, and just have, just like, have me just. I don't want anyone <laughs> else to talk at all. Yeah, just me. That'd be actually pretty fun. Um, my number five is. The Edge of Seventeen. Haley Steinfeld is the lead. And uh, it also stars Woody Harrelson as the high school teacher. And I, I, you know, I hadn't seen the movie until, I like, the last two years. Um, it came out a couple years ago, but I hadn't seen it until kind of recently, but... I've rewatched it several times, and every time I watch it, I'm like, I think I like it more, and I think the real reason I like it, and this is, it's crazy enough, kind of for personal reasons, but I'm like, I think this is the character I most relate to in all movies, like, she basically is, um, she's in high school, and, uh, everything in her life starts to kind of go to crap, because, um... She has a brother, and she has this best friend, and as they, like, enter high school, um, it might be already a couple years in the high school, but basically when they enter, her friend starts a relationship with her brother, and it just completely screws her up, where she, like, starts getting really overly dramatic and starts doing these, like, sort of public self-destructive things to mm-hmm. <laughs> make things even worse than they already are, and, um... I think she just has a really hard time um, really knowing what she wants, and she starts her own, like, friendship with this guy who's a filmmaker, 
and she's like kind of playing like a weird twofold with him where she's like acting like she's really into him but then she's like oh it, no it's all you and then it really like messes with this guy and it's pretty much just stuff that happens i think in high school all the time like so many of the situations here mm. happen so much with people that age and it's very relatable in that respect um and there's more to it than that as it goes along and she has like other altercations and but it's also just a very like straight up movie where it's just very straightforward about kind of the way that people that age act and that's why i'm like i just feel like um i've always kind of related to this like kind of character because i felt like that totally in high school where i'm just like everything's up against me so now i'm just gonna make this huge dramatic display and then kind of make things almost worse just because and like the opening scene she goes up to her teacher woody harrelson this is the opening of the movie she goes up to woody harrelson in his classroom alone uh shuts the door sits down in front of him and she's like i'm gonna kill myself i'm gonna do it and then woody harrelson's basically like okay and just like <laughs> lets her go off and he just <laughs> does not care and he's basically explaining like well if you're gonna do it then do it and like it's just and i know saying that makes it seem like this sounds like an awful movie but it's in the context of being in that kind of place where I'm like, this was to mm. me like one of the best really like real high school movies and like everything else that I've seen since then, like hasn't really been able to match that same like feeling. So I, mm-hmm. I really dig it. And if you haven't seen it, like it's, it's a, I think it's a journey of a movie. It's, I think it's very relatable and it's, uh, it's one of the better high school movies um i really like easy a also like easy a is another one i really dig and has a lot of similar qualities but that one goes way more for humor whereas edge of 17 kind of has more of a serious vibe like i just get more out of it and i uh i watch i've watched it many times since only watching it recently is it kind of like Lady Bird at all? Or? Yes, and I think that's probably why I didn't like Lady Bird as much as everyone else because I, I kind of just okay. I kind of got my fill already with Edge of Seventeen. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's definitely in the Lady Bird universe. Like th- that would probably make a good double feature just to see kind of. Okay. Um, Is Lady Bird about Lady Bird Johnson? <laughs> I wish. No, she just calls herself Lady Bird. It's a prequel to Lady Hawk. <laughs> If you like Lady Bird, you'd probably dig Edge of Seventeen. Yeah, I, I I've heard of Edge of Seventeen, but I, I never I didn't even know it had that high profile of actors in it. So I'm looking for a pen so I can write it down and add it to my watch list. Actually, I'll just add it quick uh, on my letterboxed. Go for it. I definitely, uh, if none of you, rest of you, have seen it or haven't seen it, I mean, uh, I'd check it out. My number four is Captain America the Winter Soldier. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we've talked a lot about this movie on our Marvel episodes, but uh, Chloe and I have been rewatching all the Marvel movies, and I found like a rekindled love for this movie. I haven't watched it since. I don't know like three years four years ago Mm -hmm. Um, and 
God, it's such a good movie. And it makes uh, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier a lot better, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... it's Like, I'm not a big spy thriller fan and, like, espionage and stuff, but this movie is, like... I don't know if it's just because it's superheroes and I love superheroes or if it's just well-written, but the story's great. And I love it. Yeah, it's fantastic. I I think I mean this didn't quite make my list but it's it's in my definitely like my top 25 for that year, you know. I really wanted it to be but I think at the end I ended up having to pick uh end game over everything else but Winter Soldier is probably my go-to Marvel movie if not like Civil War. But Winter mm-hmm. Soldier is like better made movie and it's just like more edgy but civil war has like everyone in it so it's like really hard to like yeah. pick what well, you yeah. like more civil war is like avengers 2.5 2.5 yeah but and, and like civil war 2 has like in my opinion it has like the best version of black panther in it and like it has just a lot of incredible other stuff but no winter soldier is like i think that's like when i realized marvel like had like this really serious side to it that like i knew i was going to be able to see more of you know like it's not just for kids yeah because like before that like it was like iron man 3 was pretty good but it was still like there's all these jokes in it and like I, i i was like really excited to see the darker side of marvel after winter soldier you know yeah so and that was our first you know russo brothers debut you know, in the Marvel universe. So are are we, do you know anything about like, if the Russo brothers are going to be doing more in the MCU? All they said was that, um, they're done for now. And I don't know if they have any other projects lined up at the moment. Um, I have my suspicions though, that there's a secret fourth, or, or I guess it'd be the fifth Avengers movie for the fourth phase. I feel like, there's a secret one getting planned right now. And I wonder if they're attached to it because they're so good at what they do. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Cause like they mostly said that they didn't say they didn't count it out, but they said that they're definitely done right now. Like they're not working on anything at the moment, which to me is, mm-hmm. so you're not saying you're done. I know that they want, like if they were to be given any stories, it would be like secret wars and X-Men is what they said they wanted to do. So either of those come up, they'll probably be attached somehow. Mm-hmm. Do you think they would come back for Captain America 4? I don't think I know they the guy who's that. writing it, but they wouldn't direct it. I don't think so. I feel like they would go for someone different with that just because they're kind of starting with like a somewhat newer lead. Um and you know they they, i don't know i feel like marvel kind of wants to transition to other people for their newer roles and newer characters and i guess like technically the falcon since he'd be the lead it's kind of a newer character Mm -hmm. um so i don't know i i don't feel like i don't think they would go for them i i but i don't know like that's what i mean like they didn't really anytime they don't say they're done for good and they kind of leave it at oh we're not working on anything at the moment i always take that as 
yeah, you're probably working on something. I just got to figure out what it is. And all I know is that they haven't announced an Avengers 5 yet. And everyone's acting like there isn't going to be another one. And I mean everybody at Marvel's acting like there's not going to be another one. And I'm like, there's going to be another one. Like, you're going to wrap up Phase 4 with an Avengers movie. We know it's going to happen. That that happens every time. So who's going to direct it? Like, I don't know. Dude, Winter Soldier was the first Marvel movie I saw in theaters. Marvel Cinematic Universe, anyway. Really? Yeah. I didn't see any of the other ones for some reason in theaters. And, uh... Everyone except for Avengers, and I'm pissed off. <laughs> so random. I feel like we've talked about this before, but, like, yeah, it's... Yeah. That's interesting, though, that you've seen them all but the Avengers. I really feel like I missed out with not seeing the original Avengers um, with a crowd. Yeah, me too. My number four is... Why do you got My number four is Terrifier. Yeah, that's good. Oh. Soon to have a sequel, and I'm very excited. Someone picked that for your list. I think it was probably Zach. Probably. I don't have my list, so I don't know. I thought someone guessed yeah, that would be a Zach your list. did. Well, he, he knows how much I love it. I talk about it all the time, and I think we either did we do it? No, it was like a top five horror movies, and I think that's when I talked about it too. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this movie. It's so like classic 80s horror with like such fun special effects the director is a special effects artist so all of the effects in this movie are so so good and it's just it's fun it's kind of campy it's super gory i love it so much Mm -hmm. and it's it's good enough for me to say i like it like actually like i'm not a big horror guy but i actually like this movie yeah, I I just watched it the one time, um, and I don't remember why. If it was for anything specific, but maybe it was just because you recommended it, Chloe. But um, someone who really liked it was Nate. Nate like really? raved about it because he heard us talk about it on an episode, and so he watched it and he thought it was fantastic. So yeah, he's the only other person I've ever heard of who watched it. Yeah, I wish more people would see it because I feel like the sequel coming out it has more people backing it, like a mm-hmm. lot more people in it. I'm super excited for it. Cool. Um, my turn. Um, my number four is Mad Max Fury Road. Um, I I know Justin's seen it, right? Of course. But I don't think. You guys, have you guys seen it yet? I saw it in theaters. Oh, you did? Yep. Um, yeah. I I don't know why, like, this is, like, a movie that I've wanted to, like, watch with you guys forever. Yeah. And I think it's I because I want to watch it with... It's just because, like, I want to watch it with you guys, like, makes me feel like, for some reason, you guys haven't seen it. And I, I don't... I keep hyping myself up like you haven't seen it, but obviously you have, so... We should you know, seriously compile a list, like, a watch list for all of us to... <laughs> for, uh, watch together and just knock yeah. out. Sunday we night should movies. have like a, I honestly I, I so would so I please <laughs> whatever day of the week like we should just pick a day of the week remember, where it's always good to yeah. do something remember when I started movie club like yes, three years that. ago <laughs> can we do that again but it'll just be us yeah no for sure yeah. 
Cool. Get on the biggest screen possible. I'd love to watch Fury Road again. I I had the pleasure of seeing that twice in theaters. Didn't you see it? Did you not see it in Australia when you were there at the time? No, no, I wasn't until after I moved oh, home. That would have been so badass to see George Miller's epic cool. in Australia, like where it's yeah. Like God, you could have done some. I don't. I actually don't remember if he did. It. I'm guessing he did filming there because he always does. I don't have that on me at the moment, but point being you could have even done some location tours at the time because i think you were in yeah. australia in 2015 right uh 2014 God, I, you, I think i came back before you would have been there when he was filming it yeah no that would have been pretty cool <laughs> honestly i didn't even know that they were making it and it wasn't until i got back that i realized i missed it in theaters and everything and and i i first time I watched it was on Redbox, and i was in love with it and I remember the person I watched it like hated it like person I watched it with hated it but I keep going back to it because I really liked the original Mad Max movies Fury Road is the only Mad Max movie I've ever seen so oh. I really liked it I still don't know why I haven't watched the other ones but... uh, they're very like I think you gotta be really into I don't know like just weird 80s movies you know because they're not like they're really interesting because it's like oh like how did they make this like all the props and stuff you know for you making it in the middle of the like desert from, you have to like escape from New York to like this movie no I think it's easier to like that than <laughs> escape from I, I thought I would love escape from New York and I did not like yeah, it I didn't, I didn't really care for it either <laughs> yeah the first movie is like so indie and so like you can really feel like how they put that movie together and tried to make mm-hmm. a dystopian world on the lowest budget ever so I really dig it for that yeah. but the second yeah. movie and the third movie are kind of weird to watch when Fury Road exists because clearly he like wanted to do what he did in Fury Road in those movies and he wasn't quite able to do it and they're still like I think Road Warriors a lot of fun. Like I think they're still good movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, I haven't actually finished Beyond Thunderdome. I've I've seen parts of it, but it's clear that like Fury Road is what he wanted to do. It'd be cool to kind of hear what George Miller has to say about those other movies because it seems like he kind of keeps recreating the same movie, but makes it better every time. Yeah, Fury Road seems like a sequel to like Road Warrior or something. Like like those two movies are like in their own universe almost. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, it's basically it's like he reshot <laughs> Road Warrior as like Fury Road, but Thunderdome is pretty good. I think it's like, uh, yeah, you're right. First Mad Max is almost like a student film or something, and then Road Warrior is like, I think that's like the the Dark Knight of like the original movies, but Thunderdome is still. I think that has a strong ending if you have a chance to finish it, Justin. It's still has a decent ending to it but yeah, i just gotta do a rewatch of the whole series by the way you didn't miss out on anything they started filming this in 2012 uh they did uh, some filming in australia in late 2013 movie didn't come out till summer of 2015 jesus that is a long wow. time to be filming and then finally release it it's like i mean they put a lot of work into it like i i when i was like compiling my i started compiling my top 10 2010s list like a year ago and uh on a lot of lists i was looking at like top 10 of the decade 
Fury Road was like at the top of like most people's list of like best movie. Mm-hmm. Just because it's has like a little bit of everything, but also just shows like like what we could do with like like props and stunt people on screen, what we could capture with like these crazy wild like I don't know how many people I feel like people died making this movie. <laughs> I don't know. Um I've done a list of my favorite movies every year since twenty fifteen on my channel and Mad Max Fury Road was on the top of the list. It's not in my top ten of the decade. Mm-hmm. But it was the top of 2015, and anything that was like second, and then the rest of them didn't even come close. Like it was like it was yeah. like that was the only movie, and that's why like none of the movies in my top 10 list of the decade even come from 2015. I'm like, when I think about that year, I'm like, yeah, it was like that movie, and then there was just other things that came out, and like yeah, Mad Max Fury Road was like clearly the winner. So I could see why so many people put it on the top of their overall because you know it just it stuck around so well in everybody's mm-hmm. mind yeah th- this podcast i listened to they had a bunch of celebrities on that gave their like favorite like three movies of the decade and like this was like Patton oswalt's favorite movie of the past 10 years and it was like john c Riley's favorite movie from the past 10 years it was like a bunch of people yeah what podcast is that uh unspooled it's called I've i've listened to that they yeah, their like first season was like they covered the AFI list, like the top 100 American made movies. Um and then now they're doing like 100 movies that aren't on the list but that should be and they're like I don't know. It's they're they're not like even though they did their 100 episodes, they're like doing they're keeping it going. It's pretty good. I listened to Unspooled because you recommended it and I I've listened to a lot of it now because every time I'd watch one of those movies, I would listen to the episode right after. So from your, I'm just letting you know your recommendations. I, I do take the podcast recommendations. Um, oh, oh have I you guys gonna, tried 70 millimeter? I haven't tried that one yet. That one is really, it's a, it's funnier than unspooled a lot more opinionated, but it's really easy listening. Also, I'll just, uh, cause I remember reading somewhere at the time when this movie came out, Edgar Wright had said he had seen the movie. I think it was somewhere around, like, it was in the double digits how many times he had seen the movie in theaters when it came out. I had this tweet from him because I was trying to find that source, but he had tweeted something in 2020 because he can vote for the awards for, like, the Oscars. And so what he wrote was, For the third year in a row, I have voted with the very smug satisfaction that I've done so having watched every nominee but also with that bittersweet feeling that it was technically impossible to vote for Mad Max Fury Road in every category five whole years after release like he keeps trying to vote for that movie for best picture (laughs) (laughs) I'll give I'll give the Oscars this they did nominate Mad Max for best picture that year it came out and it won Uh like almost every other award it was nominated for as far as the technical stuff so like yeah, got to give credit. Like they actually acknowledged that it was a great movie, and I think the movie that won that year was Spotlight. And Spotlight is very good, but Mad Max should have won. Like clearly, yeah. everybody's still people, talking about it. How many people go back to Spotlight? I actually went back to it very recently, and it still holds up. <laughs> I actually, I actually like the movie. But you're right. Everybody, everybody likes Mad Max more. 
cut the, cut this out. Cut this out. <laughs> no one goes back to spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> um, Justin, are you drinking the Southbound Thirty Five? I am, cause uh, is this Hell an exclusive yeah. they have right now? No, that's like I think that's they. I think they have it on tap right now at Ursa Minor. Yeah, I hadn't. Uh, I never had seen this one and tried it, so I went and. It's delicious. It's like like I, I'm getting back into lagers, and that is like the best lager I've had in years. Alrighty, so my number four on the list is Twenty One Jump Street. Nice. Um, to me, I think it's. Well, it's weird because I don't think it became the most influential comedy of the decade, but I certainly think it should be. It is, uh, to me, still one of the most tightly put together. What do you think the most influential? What was that? What do you think the most influential comedy was? Well, I mean, just for as movies that are talked about, as far as comedies go, I, I don't feel like this one was talked about nearly as much after its release. Um, and it's a style that's very much just the director's own. But I don't feel like people took a lot of cues from it. If you can kind of look at the comedies of the last decade, you can see that. Like, to me, I feel like they should have been taking more notes from this and not notes from, you know, let's try to make everything that Judd Apatow and his production company made and let's just try to do our own version of it. And My whole point yeah. is that, like, comedy um, after the late 2000s the 2010s were pretty like you can even look from our list like almost none of us have comedies really in them except for this is the end um and this movie i think that's been it so far like there just hasn't been a whole lot of really good comedy there's been comedies in other genres but this movie was straight up like it was a very good movie it's a very good story and it's also just very funny and I think it's just because mm-hmm. of the wide range of humor that I had never experienced before. Now that I've seen other Phil Lord and Chris Miller movies, I know exactly the kind of thing that they do. They made yeah. uh, 22 Jump Street and the Lego movie after this. Um, they almost made Solo, but they've also produced a number of things that kind of take this style. Um, the Mitchells vs. Mm-hmm. The Machines is on Netflix. It's pretty good. And they produced that movie, and it's got a very similar kind of style. They're just very good with um, breaking the fourth wall, but also having that humor that was, like, at the time, I had only ever seen in, like, early YouTube videos. But somehow they found Mm -hmm. a way to put it on the big screen and make it, like, make sense in a movie. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, there was just something very interesting at the time about, like, the fact that these people, these two guys who aren't that much older than the other high schoolers, like, they were only out of high school for... Uh, they came out of high school in 2005, so we only have like a seven-year difference once this movie comes out. And high school is completely mm-hmm. different from what they remember. And you know, mm-hmm. it's it's only funnier now because, like, like Hunter and I, especially, like we're out of high school for seven years, and I see what the kids are interested in nowadays, and even that feels like, like such a difference. And it's only been seven years, um, mm-hmm. but like this movie kind of took that and was very interesting because they went back to a school that you know at the time that I related to a lot and I thought yeah like the school isn't as stereotypical as you have seen in movies you know movies presented high school in a very stereotypical way and this movie took Mm -hmm. that and kind of twisted it where they were like 
going back to high school and it was not the way they expected it to be or the whole audience expected it to be and it really messed with mm-hmm. just everything from that and um there was just some ingenious ideas there where it's like Channing Tatum who you would expect to be the most popular in the school if he was to go back to high school as a fake teenager he, he's not the most mm-hmm. popular it's actually Jonah Hill becomes popular and it Channing Tatum gets with the nerds and you know the teachers are you know they don't seem to they're they just presented very funny and not very caring for the students and then you got the one teacher who's actually involved in the scheme and um, mm-hmm. Johnny Depp has a secret cameo and it's just there's so much to the movie that like that first time seeing it was so good but I still think it's one of the funniest the funniest movie of probably the decade it's up there I think for sure like in terms of the most recent years yeah. <laughs> and I like the sequel but I definitely don't miss that meme <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I like the sequel, but I like it more as like just a movie that's making fun of sequel cliches. But I don't really like it as much. Like there was something about the first one that was just so it knew exactly what it was like doing. And I kind of forget too that the first one was mm-hmm. also just spoofing the idea of making a movie based on the TV show. Like there was always that there was also that mixed in with it uh, because so many mm-hmm. of those had like failed, especially during the two thousands that. Once 21 Jump Street came out, I think everybody was groaning that, like, why do they keep doing this? And it came out, and it was just completely different from the original show, but also, like, paid tribute to it in a very weird way. It's hard to talk about comedy except to say it's funny, so just go check it out. <laughs> My number three is Creep. So is mine. Nice. Oh, they're both number three. Sweet. Yeah, Creep is amazing. I we did we did an episode on Creep, right? That was like one of our first. Mm-hmm. And um, Creep too. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like we've talked yeah. a lot about it, but uh, it's just been a perfect movie since the first time I saw it. Yeah, and such it a has never gone down in quality. It's such a cool like movie. That mm-hmm. it's its own. Like, there's nothing like it, except for I guess mm-hmm. YouTube, but like, <laughs> yeah, nothing compares. It's still super good and super solid and super weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I want to watch it again because it's been a while. But yeah, yeah. Sydney hasn't seen it yet. I want to watch it with her. Oh my god! Do you think yeah. she'd like it? I think she would. I think she kind of likes found footage stuff. Not not as much as I do, but. I think if she knew that we all liked it, I think she would give it a serious watch. I mean, I'm I'm not like a big found footage guy either, so. Mm-hmm. But this is like the found footage movie that I will go back to without hesitation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really is. Like, it's kind of like, I, I'm surprised it doesn't get as much shine as it should for being the found footage movie that it is. Like, like it could easily happen. I think is the thing. Like Cloverfield and Blair Witch is like out there. Yeah. Yeah. Creep is too real. Yeah, it's too real and it's (laughs) too creepy. But like weirdly, like you could easily meet this person. Yeah. 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 It like really puts you in it. It's good. It's a hidden gem. I can't see a Mark Duplass movie the same anymore. Like anytime I see him in anything else, where I saw him in something recently where it was supposed to be pretty straightforward, not a horror movie. Bombshell. 
Oh, was that it? Was he in he that? In, he was in. Yeah, he was uh, um, like Megan Kelly's husband. I let think. me let me look. Oh yeah, he was. Sure? And that definitely were happened. You watching, were you watching the league? I don't watch the league. I've never seen the league. And he was in. Uh, I haven't seen it. It's safety, safety not guaranteed. Is that what it's called? I think he's in that too. With like Aubrey Plaza, I think. Yes, he was sure. in that. Yeah, and actually, I really liked him in that movie. You know what? You know what? It, yeah. So you know what it was? It was definitely Bombshell, and then it was Tully because he was in that as well. And yeah, I it just was like I can't. I can't see him being this character right now. He's he's going to grab an axe and chop her head off. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. but nah, safety not guaranteed. Like I actually like him a lot in that movie. But yeah, uh, creep definitely ruined Mark Duplass for me. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else to add, Chloe? I don't think so. <laughs> you just have any well, I said at the beginning, I said this movie has been a perfect movie since the first time I saw it, and it's never gone down in quality. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you have to say, refer back to the creep episode. <laughs> true. It's true. Um, my number three, a little Darren Aronofsky movie called Mother. <laughs> um, yeah, that is... That's, that's my movie. <laughs> huh? That's your movie. That oh, is yeah. your I, movie. I freaking... I love that movie so much. Like, there's no... Huh? I, that was, like, one of the first recommended movies from you, and it was such <laughs> a trip. Like, <laughs> it is. Like, you recommended it, and then I think I ended up just coming over and watching it, and it was... Yeah, it's crazy. I didn't... Was it just you, or did all you guys come over? I think it was just me. Okay. I think. Because Dylan came over once and watched it, too, but I don't know maybe, if... Maybe it could have been, like, you mean Dylan. I don't think Justin okay. was there. I know Rihanna was there, too. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. I There's no words in the world I can use to, like, say how much I love that movie. Just... The last half hour alone. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, ah, I want to go watch it right now, which is horrible because it'll just kill me and it'll ruin my sleep for the next week. <laughs> but, but that's the kind of stuff that, like, I think I'm just like discovering more and more is like my what I like in movies is that whatever Mother is, is like that's <laughs> like inject that straight into my veins every time. Like, <laughs> that's all I want. Mother Midsummer. <laughs> Midsummer, I love Midsummer, but Midsummer is, it's definitely similar to it. Um, but Mother, because it's like more like psychological and like, it's that kind of movie that's like a, isn't is there isn't there type of thing like Black Swan or like, I mean it's just another Aronofsky movie. Um, there's this like one of the like two animes I've ever watched. Um, this movie called Perfect Blue that Nate recommended to me and that's very similar to this movie or like Black Swan where it's like as the movie goes on it's like a it descends into like this what's actually going on type of thing um, where it's, it's you feel like you definitely start out watching reality and then at some point it becomes like living metaphor you know mm. um, 
But yeah, I don't know. It's a good ass movie. Highly recommend it, but don't watch it right before bed. It's um, not a popcorn movie, no. <laughs> yeah, maybe watch that and then watch like the nice guys after or something like that. So, <laughs> nice guys was almost on my list. Something happier and more bright. <laughs> right. Oh, my only thoughts on that movie was, I gotta, I'd have to watch it again to really remember everything. But, um, I remember the first time watching it just. It was about a quarter of the way through when I started being like, wait, I don't feel like this movie's adhering to continuity at all. Like, what's going on with this house? Like, pretty sure that wasn't... And then I started to figure it out. I was like, oh, it's one of those movies. Cause like, <laughs> and that was before, like, the fence was put up and all the people were, like, charging at it. Because, like, at first I was like, wait, yeah. this makes no... When did that even show up? And... <laughs> yeah. I, I had to watch it, like, three times before I actually understood, like, what was going on. <laughs> yeah. Like, metaphorically. Yeah, there's more and more stuff I discover about it every time I watch it. And, and I've, I've listened to a few interviews with him about it. And, like, he... Because all of his movies are, like, very, like, spiritual, but he's, like, not... It's like, what are you trying to say, Darren, you know? And he... His idea with this was, like, this... this uh, Kind of, like, this way of, like... um, Like, Jewish... Like, old Hebrew storytelling. Not even necessarily biblical, but, like... Uh, like there, there's like old like a Hebrew way of believing that like life is cyclical and that like God would like keep creating something new out of the ashes of the old world or like out of the old life he would like basically once that like God was cyclical and he would just do things in a cycle and that's kind of what he did with the movie have you have you seen it Chloe? yeah I saw it we double featured it I watched Mother, and then I watched Back to the Future for the first time. Oh. <laughs> ah, yes. Perfect. Back to the Future, also full of metaphors. Yeah, also about a mother. Yeah. I, I bought yeah. Mother, like, right after we watched it. So I had to show mm. up. Nice. Yes. And then cleanse her palate with Back to the Future. <laughs> so many biblical references <laughs> yeah. in Back to the Future. Yeah, it's true. Beautiful creation story. <laughs> See, it's about time repeating itself. See, it's the same. It's what you were just saying. How God is reciprocal about creating it. it back to the future is about time, and not creating mm-hmm. a paradise. <laughs> okay, so my number three is the truly best Edgar Wright movie of the 2010s. The World's End. Scott Pilgrim. No. <laughs> I gotta say, um, I did. I probably actually picked the least popular of the Edgar Wright films. Well, on the record, I do love Scott Pilgrim. I like it. I love it. I do not think it's his best movie, but I do like it, and I totally am always <laughs> up for watch. Like the thing with that movie is, if you ask me to watch it, I will say. Yes, I even showed it to Stella, like, one-on-one. This wasn't, like, a group thing. I was like, let's watch Scott Pilgrim, see if you like it. And um, mm-hmm. I really like Baby Driver a lot. But, to me, this is just, this is the best one. And I think it's because I really dig kind of the emotional story that's in the background. That's so covered up in, 
you know, comedy and sci-fi. And I, I think that's what throws people off about this movie is that the sci-fi element is so much more obvious than his other movies. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead, you know, I don't feel like they were so obvious about um, the kind of genre that was spoofing, I guess, or... Or that, you know, there was much more of, like, a secret behind it. Like, Hot Fuzz has, like, a huge conspiracy going on. It ends up being just a joke. Same with, like, Shaun of the Dead. Um, but mm-hmm. World's End is, like, pretty obvious. Like, yeah, this is a, you know, it's technology taking over and it's aliens and it's things like that. But I really just get attached to the characters a whole lot because I think Gary King is very interesting. And he's sad and he's pathetic and he's there's a lot of emotion behind him and this, these friendships that he's trying to like bring back to life. And he's trying to convince everybody that, you know what? It's not us that have changed. It's everybody else and everything else that has changed. And (laughs) the only thing that's different in this story though, because you think that's going to be it, uh, is no, like he's actually right. Things actually have changed. (laughs) Everything else is different. The town is different. It's been invaded, but I like that. It kind of, challenges the characters a lot more because it doesn't make Gary's story just as simple as that. It actually, you know, challenges his friends to try a lot harder with him. And the solution that they come up with in the end, I think is it's a little more interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I just, I like that. There's not, there's, there's just more nuance to this because I do like the classic conventions of storytelling, but I like that this one kind of took those and gave it some nuance, you know, Nick Frost he has sworn off alcohol and he knows that it's bad and you're trying to bring Gary onto your side about that because it's like it's bad and it makes us do bad things. And he starts drinking alcohol halfway through and just because he's he's had enough of everything that's going on. He's shocked by everything. And why is he doing this? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> but it mm-hmm. it's different. And I like stories that can throw things at you and say no now this is gonna happen now this the world literally ends it's not like the title's line it actually ends there is an apocalypse and they have to just deal with it and gary's answer it's like it's kind of sad almost he finds camaraderie with the alien versions of his teenage friends and that's who he feels most comfortable with and he's not an alcoholic anymore by the end but there's still kind of that question of, but is he still in a good place technically? And I just like that challenge mm-hmm. that's thrown at the ob- you know, it's not obvious. You don't get a you don't get an answer with this movie. You have to think. And mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Sorry I went off so much, I, but i I love this movie. No, that's I I'm right with you. I think I I mean I as much as I rave about Scott Pilgrim, like deep down I think that it's called is it called World's End? At World's End, the World's End. If you look up the, the World's, World's End, End. Uh, only Pirates of the Caribbean is going to come up. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why. Like, I, I can never remember the exact thing. Um, but uh, I think I think that is like probably. Well, I don't know. I, I love Baby Driver too, only because it's like the story is bland in a way, but everything else aside from the story is incredible. Um, but when you mix like story and the look of it. And like the like actual like the acting and and the the, the cool coolness of scenes, I think um, the world's end I think is 
his probably his best movie maybe i don't know i don't know i go back and forth the only reason i like scott pilgrim more is because it means more to me and i've had more experiences with that i don't know the world's end and baby driver are both equally or better and more incredible movies so um right out of like the cornetto trilogy this is absolutely the best one i think i think all his other movies are just so much more tightly knit um and and I go mm-hmm. back and forth on if I like Hot Fuzz or The World's End more. I really do like Hot Fuzz mm-hmm. a lot. Um, yeah, Hot Fuzz I, is great. And I can't decide if it's my favorite just because the only thing that The World's End has that I don't think any of his other movies have is that really... Well, not that the other movies don't have it, but this one has the strongest, a really compelling emotional side to it that I don't think is so obvious to people when they first watch it. I think <clears> when they watch it, <throat> they're expecting the same kind of you know, quick pace editing... Uh, tight music sequences along with really quick, funny, British-like gags from Edgar Wright. Whereas this movie was a little... It's a little slower paced, and it's not necessarily the most tightly edited, and it's not, to me, even, like, his best story, and it's not the most visually pleasing of all his movies. It's Mm -hmm. still very good, but, like, as compared to his other movies, I mean, it's kind of hard to top himself. But I think that's... I think the reason, because the movie has such a nuanced ending to itself, um, where it's not really... I feel like all his other movies could be jocked up to like really classic film endings, whereas this one doesn't really have mm-hmm. that as much, and I kind of wonder if that's why people got so thrown off. This is definitely, I think, his most overlooked movie, and I don't know. And I, I think well, on the biggest reason that this movie's not talked about, probably, it came out the same year as This Is The End, and they have very similar plots, yeah. but if you watch them separately, it's like, no, they're clearly two different movies, but, like, I think just the idea mm-hmm. was so similar that that's why I think people skipped out on this one. But, yeah, it's it's weird. I think this is yeah. I think this is a very powerful movie of his, and that's why I, I think I go back to it the most. We gotta do a Cornetto trilogy rewatch. I'm in. I I would do it like oh we haven't done like an Edgar Wright episode yet like I would I would watch those three together and and have like a a little movie night or not even movie night that'd be way too many movies to watch in a day but um to to do like an Edgar Wright episode for It'd sure be great if we could do it um whenever he finally releases his first movie he ever made Fistful of Fingers that was like his indie movie that he made when he was younger. <laughs> And it was supposed to get a Blu-ray release. And the only reason, the only knowledge anybody has of it is that he mentioned in the Twitter post that he was cleaning up the original film, like, cells for that movie. And that he had, like, recorded a commentary. So some Mm. company out there is working on a Blu-ray release of that movie. And it's never been technically released. So I would love to finally see that. He has said himself that it's not good. But he wants it to be released because <laughs> it technically is. <laughs> That's cool. He said it's like it is a feature length film and it's like his only other feature length film. Like his other stuff he did as a kid, like I don't think is feature length. So since this one is, it's like mm-hmm. it's worth um, releasing, but he doesn't think it's good, uh, which I think he's full of it. I'm like, I bet you it is good. <laughs> I bet you. Yeah, it's better than anything I could do. <laughs> right. I, th- I think he's just being hard on himself. I think I think it probably is good. It probably has a lot of what he does nowadays, but I don't know. It'd be I I really hope that happens soon though. Mm-hmm. Do you know why it's called the Cornetto trilogy? Um, 
Isn't that that like ice cream or whatever? It's that kind of ice cream. Yeah, is it, is it like Neapolitan or something? It's it's called like Cornetto. And that's like the type of ice cream it's called. It's popular in Britain. And the only reason that started was because, and I think he did this accidentally, but like the first one had a red Cornetto in it. And then I think Hot Fuzz just happened to have a blue Cornetto in it. And then people started putting it together like, oh, it's the same actors. And they had a red one and a blue one. And the red represents zombie blood. And the blue one represents police officers. So what's the third one going to be? And he was like, Ah, oh, I, I guess it's the Cornetto trilogy. So then he like threw in a green one in the last one, uh, which is supposed to represent aliens. And I think he only did that because people pretty much created that in their heads that it was the Cornetto trilogy. Uh, I don't think he meant and it it's at unique all. to Britain too, right? But I don't think he purposely did that at all. I think he said like, yeah, basically this trilogy is as tightly put together as the you know trilogy of films that star Clint Eastwood as the man with no name it's like they're as tightly put together as those movies whereas they really don't have anything to do mm-hmm. with one another yeah but they go together perfectly alright my number two is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse uh, I, in my opinion it is one of if not is the uh, the number one best Spider-Man movie? I know a lot of people think Spider-Man Two is the best, but I think this this one might take it, uh, at least for me. Um, best visuals, best music, um, and the char- the character of Miles Morales has done really well. Um, mm-hmm. And the the theater experience with this movie is stellar. Did you guys see it in theaters? Yes. Yeah. Did we see it together at all or no? I think mm. I just went with Chloe. I went with my sister. I must have saw about myself or with Cindy maybe. <laughs> Hunter went with like four random people. Haha, <laughs> uh-huh. Hunter went by himself. <laughs> Probably. Just like four people who are like the... the generic versions of us yeah <laughs> just a bunch of white people <laughs> yeah but i i really love this movie and it has a really cool story and i can't wait for the new one yeah the new spider-man movie or like a sequel to this uh sequel to this they should be releasing okay. it sometime this year i think Oh really? Already this year? I think, I think so. Oh, like a trailer. Twenty twenty two is when it comes out. Okay. Yeah. So we'll probably see a trailer in the fall. I cool. I mean, I don't know. Sony's been pretty slow with their trailers. They only just now did a Venom trailer. We still don't have a far. Uh, actually, No Way Home trailer. That's um, true. Yeah, that's true. I like. I I I really do like Spider Verse a lot. Um. I think I just prefer live action Spider-Man, but obviously like, I don't know. I did a review of this movie on my channel and I really went into it and just the animation style and the humor and the story itself. And just the thing that makes me really happy is like, even at the time seen in theaters was like, yes, finally studios trust these really goofy ass comic book movie storylines. Like, yes, like Mm -hmm. they trust the fact that audiences will understand 
what alternative universes are. Which is funny because this came out just a few months before Endgame and I didn't even realize how crazy that movie would get. And it's like, I'm glad that they're finally like, yeah, these weird things that used to only be in comic books, like these weird ass alternative world jumping time travel jumping movies uh, or, or stories in comic books we can do those in movies now. And I'm like, thank God, finally, we can get weird. Uh-huh. It's kind of crazy. Like if you think back to like spider, like Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man or like even Iron Man or something like everything's still super grounded, but like where we are now, it's just crazy. Like chaos, uh-huh. mm-hmm. like anything can happen now. It's, yeah. it's really cool. I'm excited for the future of it. Do yeah. You, do you think animated Miles Morales will show up in No Way Home? <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if there's like even just a brief cameo kind of thing where cuz I I don't know if like Yeah, I don't know how it's going to work, but well, I've heard people cuz my whole thinking is is like like oh, you you mean you just want like the actor who voiced him in the movie to show up in the Spider-Man suit. I'm like, no, no, like put the animated version of him in there. Like who cares? Just do it. Just do it. (laughs) Like who cares? Like he comes from a world where everything's animated. Just do it and see if people care. I don't think they'll do it. I think that would be so badass. Are you saying like Roger? Right. I, I mean, I would take the voice actor. What the voice actor. He, they're not going to do that for an MCU. Movie. I don't know. I mean, it's Sony. Sony owns those movies. <laughs> they can technically do what they, they want. They would probably recast a live action first. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the guy who was it's in Space Jam. I think the guy who was in <laughs> Dope was the actor who played him in the movie, who voiced him. So they could throw him into a Spider-Man suit. Yeah. But still. I mean, it'd be cool. I I I there say. There is a Miles Morales in the MCU already, though. Oh, you mean his nephew? He doesn't want him to. Yeah. His, the real quick like acknowledgement. Doesn't that mean I that? Ice cream in the trunk, man. <laughs> no, no, you come and undo this. Um, what what was that? What's that? Um, isn't he supposed to be? Um. He's the player. Yeah, right. That's. He's, he's in the, in the Spider Verse. Right, yeah, the Prowler. That's yeah. what he was supposed to be then. He's like that uncle, technically. Yeah. Like, there's even, like, when he's buying weapons out of the back of the truck, he's like, uh, what was it, gaunt- He said, like, oh, gauntlets or, like, oh, climbing, whatever. Oh. I don't remember what, but he was, like, interested in, like, a specific alien tech in that truck when he was buying weapons. Really? I thought he was just looking for like a handgun and he was like overwhelmed by the choices that they were giving him. I mean, yeah, that too, but like I'm pretty sure when he was listing off stuff, he was he like stopped him for like one of the things and it was like whatever the prowler uses. Oh, okay. I didn't know anything about the prowler until I watched Spider Verse, so I didn't get the whole um like Easter egg in homecoming. When I first well, yeah, watched I it, I didn't catch it till I rewatched it. Mm-hmm. I'll rewatch it this summer along with Far From Home. Yeah. You'll get your rent when you fix this damn door. 
<laughs> I'm going to put some dirt in your eyes. Where <laughs> <laughs> they edit him into the final fight of Endgame? <laughs> Wait, was that the he one where, where where he walks out of the portal and he's from the scene where he's like, I had to beat up an old lady with a stick just to get these um, cranberries? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, because then he sees Thanos, and then he's like, "I want to put some dirt in your eyes." Yeah. <laughs> and he called. He like he he's like he says to him something. I I've seen so many of those edits because I've also seen the one where he's just like says to Thanos, he's like, "You're trash," and Thanos is like, "I don't even know who you are." <laughs> <laughs> You're trash, Brock. They, will they edit him like doing this, like the really dorky like pool walk, and he has the hammer and it's just like swinging in his hand. Oh, I just watched that one where yeah, he takes where he wields the hammer, and he's just doing the whole Captain America scene. But he's like, I saw that, yeah, where he's like yeah. dancing around like this while it's like flying in the air, and he's doing lightning, and he's like. Whoa. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Stings a little, doesn't it? <laughs> Boy, what's your number two? My number two is Green Room. Mint. Tell me more. Uh, well, we did a whole episode on it, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it's a great movie. Another movie that was just perfect from the first time I saw it. I love everything about it. Um, the special effects in this movie are amazing. The story is super interesting and not something I've seen done before. And I just think it's great. How do you feel about Nazis? Nazis suck. <laughs> Next. Green Room, I guess, I'll just say is my number one movie. Oh, wow. Um, just because we're already talking about it. Yeah. No, I, I come back to that so, like, so much. Like, every time I'm looking at, like, my, what are, like, my new top 10 favorite movies of all time, like, it's still, like, Back to the Future, Evil Dead 2, and Green Room is right up there. Um, and, like, if I had to say, like, a modern movie, I guess, I mean, it's my favorite, like, modern movie that's not, like, you know, an 80s movie, I guess. But like, yeah, green room is is that for me? It's it's I honestly like, it's one of the best movies of all time. I think it's a complete masterpiece. I agree. And like going back to what we were saying about creep and how that felt so real, I feel the exact same way about this movie. Like it is so real. It's something that mm-hmm. could happen, and I think that makes it just a little bit more interesting. Yeah, it's like it's so going through all the Saw movies for the first time. And this is, like, everything that the Saw movies should be in terms of, like, fear, you know? Like, how actually scary Green Room is, yet it's completely set in reality. There's, like, no supernatural element. It's not, like, a secret serial killer. It's, like, a very, like, constant present fear and like just be like a kid with your friends trying to like fight for survival damn it's a good good movie and like the the like the weird like it has such an intricate story too like 
everything with like the cousin um and his girlfriend that are like planning to leave and like the there's like this like very subtle backstory where like they're trying to like leave the compound and like frame um or not frame but like basically to snitch on the rest of the Nazis so that they can like get out um and like I don't know there's like this big really really cool subplot that you find out throughout the movie that like makes the movie make more sense you know like if you didn't hear those lines like the movie would still be good but if you pay attention to Sir Patrick Stewart and um that guy from Scott Pilgrim like it, it paints like a broader picture of like this world that they're in you know and uh man it's a good movie is it my turn? Is that why it's all quiet? It's technically, you're technically got to do number two, but we already know what your number okay. two is. <laughs> is it? Do you guys know what my number two is? We mentioned in the last, yeah, portion of the episode. It, is it, is it, is it a dog's life? Um, it was, and I changed it out for this one. Okay. Um, my number two is Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, and, and we already talked a lot about it, I think, when you guys mentioned Scott Pilgrim. As much as I love Baby Driver and The World's End, Scott Pilgrim has more of like a nostalgia factor because I've watched this one way before those other ones. And the first time I watched it was like sitting on my bedroom floor with Zach at my like first first place I ever lived. Like I think like that day I picked it up on DVD and you came over to watch a movie and we're like, I don't know, I haven't seen this. And we just popped it in and we were both like, what is this movie? <laughs> that sold me on it from then. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like, just like same thing with the like, green room too, like being in a band for a while. Like I relate a lot to like, just kind of the different um, elements that Scott and Ramona and knives and Kim Pine and all these cool characters, like kind of go through. Um, and then you throw all the cool editing on top of it. And then having read the comics, like it's just a, you know, it makes it like an automatic favorite movie because there's it's great and there's so much nostalgia around it for me. So, yeah, it's great. I actually just got the video game that came out. The it's like a arcade style, like Ninja Turtles type of game. Like you mm-hmm. go left to right and just brawl with people. Scroller kind of. Yeah, side scroller. Yeah. Favorite song from the movie. Um, I really like just their first song, "We Are Sex Bomb." Probably my favorite. I believe that song is titled "Launchpad McQuack." <laughs> he calls it "Launchpad McQuack," but I have Scott Pilgrim on vinyl, and it's actually called "We Are Sex Bomb." <laughs> oh, unfortunately, Ooh. I think that's it, it. Should be called "Launchpad McQuack." I though. think they didn't like the. I think they say within the dialogue they don't like the name of the song. <laughs> yeah. Well, he says, this is Launchpad McQuack, and then whoever, I can't remember the lead singer's name, he's like, no, that's not the name. <laughs> and then Kim Pine yells, we are a sex bomb. When I saw that movie at a younger age, the guy, uh, what is that guy's name at the party, who just knows everybody, um, and mm-hmm. just is there, and is just like completely out of place being there. What's that guy's name? He's from The Office. Uh... You mean the guy with, uh, he's a new girl. 
the guy he he shows the picture that awfully drawn photo of her and he's like oh yeah that's from Wilna flowers <laughs> and yeah 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 <laughs> yeah nobody knows his name is he in the office he was. He played, oh yeah, he's one of the tech guys. Yeah. Well, anyway, like yeah, yeah. when I saw that movie at a younger age, I was always like, I want to be that guy when I'm older. And you know that did not happen. <laughs> but actually, that guy now reminds me of Peter Gall. Yeah. Like that's I totally. Can, I can see it a little. That's bit. totally the Peter type at a party. He just knows everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Takes good record of everybody, and if you ask him yeah. something, he'll know who you're talking about. That like, his character like is probably the most like perfect like fan or not fan cast but, like type cast person because like that character is in the comics mm-hmm. and like when you see how he's like drawn like a, how cartoony he looks that actor is like perfect for him mm-hmm. like it's like it's scary how perfect like there's no one else that could be that guy it's, it's really interesting his mouth is like has this weird like a uh, like a lemon shape, you know, like a you know like a half circle. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and that guy just embodies that somehow. I don't know how else to explain it, but yeah, it's good. My favorite song is the one by the one that Brie Larson sings. Yeah, that was my favorite I was gonna too. Say that too. <laughs> I literally listened to that. Uh, <laughs> a lot and I I don't know if there's like a I, I believe there was because it sounds similar to like the actual song that exists but it's like slightly different but I listen to that specific version all the time from the movie uh-huh. <laughs> um the garbage truck song oh, oh what's the what's the name of the song the one that's it's only two notes and two lines what was it again <laughs> I don't... So sad. Yeah, that's that's the one. <laughs> I am sad. So, I am so I'm sad. sad. <laughs> Have you guys seen Saw Two? No. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just watched it, and the kid, the son of like the detective that's in Saw Two, that's that kid <laughs> crashing the boys. Does he say I'm so sad? He's... I'm so very sad. He's that guy, so, yeah. So, who's the one where the girl has, like, she falls in the pool of needles, right? Yep, yep. Okay. My number two is uh, the Lego movie. Another Phil Lord and Chris Miller movie. I have two Phil Lord and Chris Miller movies in my top five. Uh, top four, nice. to be more precise. Yes, they are some of the best uh, filmmakers ever. And had they actually gotten the mm-hmm. chance to finish solo, I assume that would have been in my top 10 as well. Cause they're just that good. Yeah. Um, I think Lego movie probably just is the best thing that they ever did. And they took something that could have just been one giant commercial and really turned it into something with a really good story. One that's really deep. Mm-hmm. And once again, um, doesn't take just, an easy way out, easy answer for everything, but actually gives kind of a nuance, bigger perspective on everything. And again, this is something that I did a review on and I really went into a lot of detail about, you know, the characters and kind of this, like, Uh you know, this constant back and forth between people who are very creative and artistic and how they kind of have a snobbish way of looking at the people who are, you know, not the creative types and who, um, and Emmett's kind of in that non-creative type area, but the things that he does come up with are 
everybody doesn't consider them creative, but then, what do you know, his double-decker couch actually becomes useful towards the end, and um, mm-hmm. then you find out the creative people who are snobbish towards certain things, you find out they actually like certain things from the other side, and maybe they're not as creative as you think, and I don't know, I think there's just a huge message there about how there's just gotta be this working together camaraderie between both mm-hmm. uh, sides of that coin, and um, I just think that specifically is really interesting, but also it's a very well edited movie uh, with the jokes mm-hmm. as Phil Lord and Chris Miller always does really well edited jokes and uh, animation is crazy just like how Spider-Verse was crazy with with its animation this movie like mm-hmm. it literally looks real like it literally looks like the actual like movies you would have seen on YouTube from people who were doing uh, Lego shorts back in the day um, mm-hmm. it looks that good so um, I love this movie. I've seen it many times. It's it really it gets to me. Mm-hmm. I love it. As someone who's seen Lego Batman, I'm guessing you did you see the Ninjago movie? Uh, yeah, and that one's lame. <laughs> okay, is Batman any good? Yes, Lego Batman movie is like. Yeah, it's one of the best superhero comedies and it's an amazing tribute to Batman in general like it's probably like the best Batman okay. tribute that exists okay I I, I haven't I, I know you've talked a lot about it like throughout the years um and uh, I just haven't got around to seeing it but I'll see it it's the greatest love story of our generation is it you talking about between Batman and Joker <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Batman, I mean, that one is really the true successor to the Lego movie, but also it's just so good as, like, a Batman movie. Um, like, it, it's mm-hmm. what's great is that it pays tribute, and it really um, makes fun of Batman, but it pays tribute to Batman. But also, Will Arnett is a very good Batman in himself. Like, it's not yeah. just, like, he is really playing up the part, but it also is, like a very good voice to the point where I'm like, I kind of like him as Batman. I'd kind of like to see him play Batman more often. Like he actually plays a very good Batman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been rewatching Arrested Development and Will Arnett is like one of my favorite actors ever. He's definitely like Um, an underrated comedy talent. Yeah. Yeah. Hot Rod everything you say overrated yep sir (laughs) take that back (laughs) you ever seen uh what is it uh the movie with him and dax shepherd and they're in prison let's Mm -hmm. go to prison i have seen this movie before why i don't why do i remember seeing this (laughs) i put that in the same category with like idiocracy like movies that just went straight to comedy central right (laughs) (laughs) Like it's the only place I've ever seen them, and they're actually both pretty good. Do you remember? Like, mm. are there movies where you just vaguely remember them from late night viewings with a friend, where you are way more asleep, and your friends like, "Let's watch this," and you start watching it. And <laughs> I believe that movie was something I had with Evan one time, where he put mm. it on, and I very vaguely remember watching it but I have no clue what Mm. it was about but I remember the second you said those two actors in prison I was like why have I seen this I have seen this movie it's not a bad movie I might rewatch it now that you mentioned it just so I can say I actually have seen it 
Like, uh-huh. it's a stupid comedy, but it's not a bad movie. <laughs> if that makes any sense. All right, so we're at number one now. And did you want to do mm-hmm. uh, honorable mentions before everybody mentions their number one, even though Hunter already mentioned this? Yeah. Yeah, we could do some honorable mentions in, up in here. Uh, I had Black Clansman, Jungle with Daniel Radcliffe. Really good, true story. Uh, mm. Mid-90s, Baby Driver, Captain America Civil War, Mad Max, Fury Road. Well, I like that you brought up mid-90s. I I enjoyed mid-90s. Not enough to put it on any list, but I, I really I lo- I like that movie. I feel like I related to it a lot as that kid. That's I, I kind of like I know where that kid was coming from. Right. No, I I felt that. that was one of my favorite movie. I, I I felt that too while watching it, especially just the fact that he's kind of hanging out with these older this older crowd, and um, mm. that one kid who's like slightly older than him is like very kind of has this like superiority against him, and I was like. In Floodwood, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I went through this exact same situation with my cousin and his buddies when they were back in the skateboarding age. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Chloe, you got any? Yeah, so mine would be Knives Out, uh, Jojo Rabbit, um, Us. I didn't have them in my list, so I'm just looking. It was really good. Um, and probably like the Wolf of Wall Street. I also haven't seen it. So Wolf of Wall Street and Jojo are the only two non-horror movies that you've listed. Yeah. (laughs) Which I respect. I think that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Well, I mean, the Holocaust was pretty horrific if you think about it. It's true, yeah. Call it a black comedy. It's a horror movie. But yeah, this decade, like the 2010s were just incredible for horror. And I think it shows that I really had a good time. All of my, almost all of my top like 15 or 20 movies are horror movies. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing isn't Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street's all about capitalism and capitalism is killing all of us. So isn't that also a horror movie? That should be a show where we try to make every movie a horror movie somehow. I'm into it. It's probably a horror edit to it online. You can find a horror movie edit to any movie, really. I just saw one of Happy Gilmore, and it was terrifying. (laughs) Yeah, my uh, honorable mentions, there's some I really wanted to put on there, like The Nice Guys, um, and... um, uh, creep, I love Creep. I think that was on my list, but then just co- it got bumped out. Um, one movie that I really wanted to put on there is Inception, which I mentioned a lot. Just like it was very influential in how I liked, how I discovered that movies were like the art form that they are, and like Justin has a big part of that because he kind of showed me Inception and all the the movie making behind it, and that's what sent me on my way to being a cinephile. Um, but two movies that I so badly wanted to put on this list and just, I kind of, I had to not put them on, but I really want to, um, is a movie called Incendies, um, 
from uh, Denis Villeneuve, uh, who's like maybe like my new favorite director, or at least like I think I'm more excited to see his future movies than any other director's movies. Um, he did a lot of good movies this decade, but this specific movie, Incendies, was like his very first like big movie that he did. Um, and uh, I don't really want to give a ton away about it before you guys see it, but it's it's like about this like brother and sister that like kind of go to the Middle East. They're Canadian. They go to the Middle East to like kind of track down. Um, they're trying to like track down this like family member. Um, and the, it it kind of it does a lot of time skips between like their mom when their mom was their age and then them, um, and then this family member that they're trying to find. Um, and the whole movie kind of comes together in this like just really cool crazy wild way um that is just that's kind of how he makes his movies and i just really like it i can't recommend it enough and the other movie i just watched this year and or not not this year i think it was last year good time with robert pattinson it's uh yeah dude that movie is so freaking good I, i watched it after i watched uh uncut gems Safety Brothers, mm-hmm. um, but Good Time, like it Wait, is, just. Is Uncut Gems connected? Or no, I mean the they're same director, same oh, directors, okay. the two brothers. Um, but the yeah, Good Time was like one of the movies they did beforehand, and they, it's like a really cool story where like they like made it for Robert Pattinson. Like Robert Pattinson like yeah, saw yeah. one of their other movies and was like, hey, like I wanna like put me in a movie and they like are, okay and they just like made this movie for him and that's what good time was yeah and did you know like the brother that he's like trying to bust out of out of the hospital is one of the directors that's like one of the yeah they actually had um a a um a person with a mental disability um uh that was going to play that that character um but uh, he really couldn't handle some of the um, high stress scenarios, and so they didn't think it would be um, ethical, even though they wanted him to play it. And so the director stepped in and said, "Like, well, I guess, like, I guess I, I'll, I'll do it." And so he, that was like almost like on the spot acting that he was doing, That's and cool. yeah, it was really like I only watched it because. They announced Robert Pattinson would be Batman. And I was like, well, I only know him as the Twilight guy, mm-hmm. so I need to like, see what else he <laughs> yeah. really did. Because I know he's done some really cool shit. So, yeah. Yeah, that was one of the first Robert Pattinson movies that wasn't Twilight that I watched. And it's, yeah. It's a really good movie. It's such a good... Have you seen it, Justin? No, I haven't. But I'd like to check out more of that director's... Those director's work. Yeah. Dude, it's... I think it's better. I think Good Time is better than Uncut Gems, personally. Or at least I, I like it a lot more. Um, some of these have already been mentioned, so I'll skip those. But, like, uh, Parasite was really good. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it didn't make my top ten, but I, 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 if I'm being truthful, I feel like go 20 or 30 years in the future, I feel like that would be the only movie I'm returning to. I It's, it's weird to yeah. say that, but, like, I know that that movie's that, like, that good. And... Um, 
I've seen it. I, I think I saw it like three times. So it's it uh, it's good. Uh, I really like The Big Short a lot. I've rewatched it many times, and I think it's just like an interesting movie the way it was designed. Uh, Climax, which Goebbels saw. Um, mm-hmm. I saw it in the theater alone, and it was a wicked time of a movie. <laughs> and um, yeah. has Zach and Chloe have you seen it? Okay. We did an episode. Yeah, I was well. I I don't know if we did an episode. I'm pretty sure we've talked about it though, because I think we we did an episode on it. Did we? I don't think we did one on just climax. I think it was we talked a lot about it though. On, like, I think you finally episode. saw it after, uh, and then yeah. I'm gonna search you right now because I swear there's an episode of it. Um, once upon a time in Hollywood, which I really did like in the end, you know, and I feel like um the movie whatever episode we did on Tarantino and that movie, I feel like um, maybe I didn't give it as much as I should have because rewatching it since then, I'm like, I like that movie more every time. And now it's becoming almost one of my favorite of Tarantino's movies. Um, Edge of Tomorrow is really good. I just haven't seen it in a couple years and I've seen a lot of Groundhog Day esque movies since then. I mean, we all had Palm Springs as our number one movie of 2020, so I yeah. I don't know if Edge of Tomorrow would hold up in the same way. Um, Ford v Ferrari, a very very good movie. Which the only flack that movie's gonna get is because it's just this traditional white dad's movie. But hey, it's a good white dad's movie. Um, it is Skyfall best. James Bond movie, I think. I think it's the best one. Steve Jobs, I rewatch a lot, and to me has one of the best written and put together movie scenes in history. Like, I've thought many times about making this YouTube list of, like, my favorite movie scenes, and I think a scene in that movie would be number one, where it's, like, the best. And it's the, it's the argument between Steve Jobs and the CEO of Apple that they have about the whole, like, the music and the pacing and the acting and the writing. It's just... That is one of the best scenes ever put together, and I rewatch mm-hmm. specifically that scene all the time. But the whole movie, I think, is very good. I think it's a very interesting way to do a, a biopic. Um, no one brought up Super 8, and that movie is almost 10 years old in a month, and that movie is awesome because J.J. Abrams basically said, screw it, I'm going to give you a Steven Spielberg movie that you new children never got and i was like thank you jj abrams i never got a steven spielberg movie and now i have one (laughs) um i really Mm -hmm. like that movie uh thor ragnarok which is um one of the best mcu movies i think i rewatch that Mm -hmm. one a lot i mentioned easy a a little i like that movie and i think it's very funny and get out which i don't know if anyone else had mentioned that in their honorable mentions but no, but that was that was originally on my list too. That's a fantastic movie. Right. All right, but when everyone is ready to settle down, we could do number one. Um, I want to. Sorry, I was going to add a couple more because I, I just quick looked at this list. Booksmart. Have we talked about Booksmart? I don't think I so. Um. Also, Drive. Have you guys seen Drive yet? Yes. Yeah. Are you talking about the, um, Are you talking about Drive with Ryan Reynolds or, or Ryan yeah. Gosling? Actually, uh, my bad. Gosling. Yeah. Right, I, I get those confused. Uh, Hunter, I think I lent you that movie on Blu-ray. You could have. I think I could have been. I don't remember, but yeah, I I would believe it if you said it's so. It's very good. 
Yeah, I want to watch it again. <laughs> um, and then uh, like Ex Machina. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Ex Machina. That movie is really good. So on Letterbox, they have like most popular movies of Letterbox users, and mm-hmm. I have you know you can blur out the movies you've watched, and that's the first movie that pops up that I have not seen on that list. Really. And, okay. it's, and it's like three years since I've had Letterbox, and I still haven't seen it. And I really? own the movie, and I still haven't seen it. Dude, whatever day you choose that you decide this is the day I'm going to watch it, let me know, and I'll come over and watch it with you. Cause I it's, will, because it's really good. At this point, I'm not going to watch it alone. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'll say my number one. Um to no surprise, uh, Avengers Endgame is my number one movie. Uh, it's <laughs> it, it it is the MCU, <laughs> I guess. Uh-huh. Like everything that is the MCU is this movie. Uh, it's all leading up to this moment, and it executed it perfectly. I think. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it's it, it it is the best MCU movie. I. It has to be. Yeah. We've talked so much about this movie already. Yeah. I can tell you're like giddy. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) You have a twinkle in your eye when you're saying. That's just tired. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we've said everything about Endgame. We did a whole episode and I feel like Mm -hmm. we've talked about at least five other episodes a little bit. Yeah, I think we talked about it because it was on my first half of my list. We probably talked about it in the first half. Mm-hmm. My number one is... I was going to try and find a really dumb one really quick. Uh, no, my number one is Midsummer. Okay. I <laughs> love the shit out of this movie. I saw it like three times in theaters in the same week. I went by myself twice because I loved it so much. Um mm-hmm. I'm dying to get a physical copy. I want to get the director's cut, which I just haven't seen yet. Um, I love everything about this movie. It is so horrific. It gave me nightmares, which was so cool because I haven't had a movie give me nightmares in so long. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was, it freaked me out. I loved it so much. It's worthy. It's fantastic, I think. I need to watch it again, because the last time I watched it, I was half asleep. We did go see it very late. Yeah, I think I had to work at, like, 5 in the morning that that next day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Dylan and Rihanna came over and watched it, like, last, like, November, maybe. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they hadn't seen it before, and so they were pretty... They were wilding out a bit. <laughs> and then they were going to do a double feature. They wanted to watch Hereditary right after. <laughs> but. Yeah, this is a movie that I really, I talk about it a lot, and I want to show it to everyone. But it's also a gigantic three-hour, three-plus-hour movie that I know is mm-hmm. digestible for everyone, but I still think everyone should watch it. It's so good. It's so good. You know, I'm going to call you all out. You guys never upheld that I have to make my simple 
uh, horror version <laughs> of Midsummer where I cut out most of the beginning and just cut directly to the good stuff <laughs> and make yeah. it into just a shorter horror movie just to see what it would be like. And I said it would probably not be as good, but I just want to see it be done just because. <laughs> I feel like there's a few of those movie edits that we come up with that we want you to do. Because I know mm -hmm. there's at least two more that I can't think about right now. But. Mm -hmm. Well, that one's my favorite. That's the one I actually do think about often where I'm like, I gotta get a Blu-ray and just do it because it would not take too much time and I just want to do it and just see what it would be like and more than likely just have Chloe watch it and just let her trash it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hunter, what is your number one? Wait, my just number one is... it would be cool to do an episode of a movie that Justin edited. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, just like make my own <laughs> version. Cool. I don't know. I think yeah. it would be cool to do an episode and just fan edits in general if we all just went and saw one. Like, the Phantom edit, edit is like a very famous one where they cut out Jar Jar Binks oh. pretty much and other things, but mostly cut out <laughs> Jar Jar. <laughs> the Topher Grace edit. <laughs> <laughs> I would do a Spider-Man 3 cut where it's only Emo Peter and Emo Peter is the solution of the movie <laughs> <laughs> alright um, my number one I spoiled already is Green Room uh, it's just it's an incredible movie and uh... I think it's really good um, I don't the ending ruins it for me, though. I, th I think it's really climactic. Yeah. Well, it's just <laughs> Patrick. I think Patrick Stewart is just seems so non-threatening to me. Like he wasn't yeah. in it much. Like, like he is like a threatening presence when he's on screen, but he's not there that much. And it's it that was the only like disappointing thing. Other than that, it's a fantastic mm -hmm. movie. Like high praises. Yeah. From it's just I wish there was more Patrick Stewart being I the think, main the main Nazi and all. Yeah, I I hear what you're saying. I think like the ending I've done a lot of thinking about because I've I've never like had a problem with it. But when you would bring it up, I'd I'd wonder like, well, why do I like it? Because you're right, like you have a point. Um, and I think for me, why it, why I like that ending when he starts like walking away kind of like and then, and then they just like shoot him so easily like he spins around and shoots back but like he knows like he's just like a little man like he's just like he's he spent the whole like his whole thing is like about supreme like supremacy and like being above and like being right you know and mm -hmm. like kind of in that moment like you realize like he's small you know like he isn't he isn't this like god or this big ideal he's not an inspiration to anybody like he's just like a a person who's gonna die like anyone else and they just shoot him dead and i for me it was like kind of it was righteous in that way like he wasn't he didn't have this big glorious death it was just like no like you're just a, you're just a person and that's all that you ever were and that's all you're gonna be and i, I for me that was like my little bow i think that was enough for me I guess I'll have to watch it again with that in mind um, for, I mean like I said that's what works for me but I mean maybe I'm totally wrong oh, yeah. I, I, I haven't even thought <laughs> but... about that so that's that's like a good point too mm -hmm. like 
Like that's probably what he was going for at that moment. That's all I know. So Yep. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a good movie. I think it's a good movie too because it inspires discussion. Like the amount of time that we spent talking about this movie and like I know like we're gonna keep talking about Green Room for like as long as like we're friends. Yeah. That like I think a movie that inspires that much dialogue is a good like innately a good movie. Like yeah. I think. For and sure. uh that's a movie that we could talk about forever, like every little detail and cool thing that is buried in it. So 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 far the only good movies are Creep, Green Room, uh Nice guys. Yeah, the nice guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> murder party. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yo, murder party was on my list too, and I had to bump that way down. Wasn't that in the two thousands? Right. Or is it? Oh, you're right. And I'm thinking of that. I'm thinking of my two thousands list. Actually, that might have been actually on the episode. I think too. Now I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I had it on my list. Yeah. Justin, you're number one. All right, so I'll come down to me. Are you all excited? My number mm-hmm. one yeah. absolutely favorite movie of the 2010s is Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2. And here's the thing. Yeah. So we waited six years for a sequel to the Kevin James classic, Paul Blart, Mall Cop, to finally be released. And not only was it bigger and better and featured Ken Jeong, but... In all ways, it reshaped cop. In fact, I would say Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 may, in fact, be the most inspirational film. They could have stopped making films after this one, and people had been satisfied. Of course, it, it, it came out in 2015, so you'd have to wait an extra year, you know, make another movie called The Nice Guys, and that's actually the best movie of the 2010s. You got it all right. Good for you, The Nice Guys. It's uh, it's very much tiptoed its way to my favorite movies of all time. It's currently on my top four on Letterboxd. And yeah, it's the only difference that the nice guys has versus all the other movies I have listed, especially like actually like the top five ish of this list that we did. Um, the only difference is that, you know, it has everything that those other movies have. It has that nuance. It has that messing with the story conventions. It has a very good humor. Um but also it's just got like very good casting choices. This is Ryan Gosling's best movie. And for some reason he has not been in another comedy and I don't get what studios are doing. I guess they looked at the box office numbers of this and they said no more comedies for him. And I'm like, excuse me, one of the best comedic performances ever. Like he is mm-hmm. great in this movie. This might be his just best performance. Um, but it's a very rewatchable movie. It's a mystery that's easy to follow, but also has uh, good twists in it. It revolves around cinema, but also around very derogatory things. And it has a very derogatory sense of humor about itself. And like a lot of Shane Black films, it, uh, like we've mentioned before, he's really good at writing kids and he does write the kids in this movie. Very funny and very interesting. And like, you know, you watch it and you're like shocked. You're like, oh my God, a kid says that. And then you think about real life and you're like, yeah, kids actually do say that. So why we even, why do we not write kids like this? And mm-hmm. it's, um, like I said, it's climbing up there. And this, this movie versus the rest of the movies on my list kind of has 
that hot rod effect for me where I, you know, hot rods, my favorite movie, but this kind of has that same effect where it just really works with every single type of thing that I like. Plus it really made me realize that, you know, I, I really dug the eighties aesthetic for a very long time, but this movie started making me realize, I'm like, you know what? I actually really dig the seventies aesthetic. Like I need a little more of that now. And I really like that aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like the sixties aesthetic too, but like, this especially this aesthetic this kind of dirty grimy looking los angeles that when you go into the rich neighborhoods it kind of has this really overblown color palette and very mm -hmm. cheesy neon designs like i love this aesthetic yeah i i haven't seen it in like three or four years but ever since you guys watched it and you guys talk about it so much i like have had a hankering to rewatch it again, but I just haven't gotten around to it. But yeah, I haven't really watched it since. Yeah, couple. It's been a couple of years, at least two years. Mm -hmm. um, but it is that like lightning in a bottle thing. Like it's, it's almost like like Twenty One Jump Street type of like, so out of nowhere, good and funny, and it, you're like, where did this come from? It also has that like odd couple kind of Twenty One Jump Street feel too like yeah total opposites but they work so well together mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. super funny like chemistry's off the charts mm -hmm. so right and russell crowe is so good like i got i don't know why i have to keep being re-reminded that russell crowe is actually good <laughs> and always was like i just I have that same problem i watched a movie recently called state of play where he played this dude with really long hair and he's a journalist oh this is not gonna work and no he's uh -huh. great in that movie too and i'm like why do i keep forgetting that russell crowe is actually good he is in fact good like that should be uh -huh. a t-shirt just a reminder russell crowe is in fact good <laughs> uh -huh. i used to think russell crowe was the best actor of all time um but that was when i was like really into this ridley scott phase where i watched gladiator and robin hood a lot mm-hmm mm -hmm. But uh, he is good in those. Have, have you guys? He is good. Um, have you guys ever seen a man in the Iron Fists? No. Or no, did Iron Fists or something like that, or like yeah. the Man with the Iron yeah, Fists? Iron no, mask. I think it's called the Man with the Iron Fists. Yeah, there there is a man with the Iron Mask, but there I think the movie you're talking about is the Iron Fists one. There is a, another one called yeah. with the Iron Fists. Russ, I know, all I know is like a ton of big actors in it, and it looks almost like, like Machete or something, like where it's like a purposely bad movie or something like that. I don't know. Right. But, well, we will check that out. Russell Crowe's in it. We'll check that out. You go check out a movie called State of Play, because that movie is on Netflix. Shockingly mm -hmm. good movie. Like, why is no one talking about this? It's a unhinged. I've never seen that. That's that. That's like that Road Rage movie that came out last year oh, yeah. or this year. Oh right, I saw, I saw the trailer and I wanted to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Him and uh, Connolly, Jennifer Connolly. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what we have here then, uh, I had to recount because I think I don't know why I count an extra two points there, but I triple checked. Um, so this is where the standings are. Um, Chloe 
since you were able to correctly guess that Hunter had creep at the top of his list, that I had the nice guys at the top of my list, of course everyone did that, uh, Django Unchained in the bottom five, and Zach would have Cabin in the Woods in the bottom five, and Winter Soldier in the top five, you got eight points. Hunter, you guessed that Chloe would have Hereditary, Midsummer, and Creep on her list. You guessed all three. Um, Midsummer and Creep were in the top five. Uh, you guessed that I would have the nice guys, of course, uh, and that I'd have Django <laughs> Unchained, and that Zach would have Endgame, so you have nine points. Um, I really I, thought Zach would have Guardians or Deadpool. I was like convinced that those would be on your list, it, Zach. It's shocking that you didn't have more superhero movies, Zach. Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> um, <laughs> Zach, you guessed that Chloe would have Midsummer, Creep, and Terrify. All three were in her top five. Um, and you guessed that Hunter would have Creep. You guessed that I would have the Nice Guys and Guardians of the Galaxy. You have 11 points. And I guessed that Midsummer would be on Chloe's list, that Hunter would have Green Room and Scott Pilgrim, and that you would have, Zach, Endgame and Spider-Verse and Logan. I guessed all three. Um... Logan was in the bottom five. Endgame, Spider-Verse in the top five. So I also have 11. So we tied for 11. And uh, Wait, Hunter... did you say that... Sorry, did you say that Zach guessed that I had creep on my list? No, Zach guessed that Chloe had creep on oh, my list. Okay. Wait, did I, okay, did cool. I give Zach creep? I thought you said that Zach guessed creep was on my list, but was creep, creep, creep wasn't on my Wait, list. creep wasn't on your list, was it? No. Oh, shoot. Zach, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, baby. Uh, you lost two points. <laughs> so you only had nine. You tied with Hunter for nine, but yeah, I to- I totally forgot about Green Room. I I have I So so eleven for me. Hunter and Zach tied for nine. Chloe with eight. Um, I'll just go through the other movies quick, just to make sure I I didn't miss anything or I didn't skip one of yours. So, um, Chloe guessed Hunter would have Birdman and Parasite and did not. Guessed I would have Endgame, did not. Zach would have Ragnarok, did not. Hunter guessed that I would have Spider-Verse, didn't. And Hunter guessed that Zach would have Guardians and Deadpool and didn't. Um, Chloe, uh, I guessed that you would have Get Out and Us on your list, you didn't. I guess that Hunter would have Inherent Voice. So much for cheating. <laughs> You didn't. <laughs> and Zach uh, guessed that Hunter would have Civil War, Book of Eli, and Creep and didn't get any of those. And Ooh. guessed I would have Toy Story 3 and didn't. Okay. Does that all sound correctly and all like the movies you guessed then? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the final standings are Justin with 11, Hunter and Zach tied for 9, Chloe with 8. Not too bad, everybody. Yeah. I like this. I like when we try to guess each other's movies. Yeah. So I These lists are fun. Uh, so, did we want Chloe to present us with the next episode's movie? One second. Yeah. I'm going to just add these all up quick so I can give the final standings. Just a PSA for everyone. I took Inherent Vice off of my featured four letterbox movies, and I put up Bottle Rocket instead. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Alright, so the standings right now overall for 2021 
Chloe, you have nine points. Hunter, you have 11 points. Justin and Zach are tied for 13 points each. Nice. All right. And then if anybody wants to quickly explain for the next episode, we're going to watch a random movie. All of us are watching the same random movie to discuss that will be picked by one of us in the cinema swamp. Which has been already predetermined by Chloe's picking the movie, right? Yeah, Chloe's going to pick our movie. So you just asked us to explain it, but you totally explained it. <laughs> I, I explained it quickly. You just said Chloe needs to go to bed. Yeah. I'm being quick. <laughs> okay. I wanted to pick a movie that I don't think any of us had seen. I've heard a lot about it. Sounds interesting. I really hope it doesn't suck. Um, so I picked We Need to Talk About Kevin. Cool. Why have I heard of this movie? I haven't seen it, but I've been wanting to. Yeah. I don't want to see it. Too bad. <laughs> Is there like big names in that movie? Tilda Swinton and John C. Riley oh. are in it. Like, they're the parents in this movie. Is it Ezra Miller? Yeah, and Ezra Miller's in it too. So it sounds super interesting. There's a lot of great actors in it. I'm super excited for it. I hope it's good. <laughs> so we're all coming in fresh next episode, having all seen We Need to Talk About Kevin. Is this streamable? Do you know? Uh, it should be on Prime. Okay. If you guys have Prime. If yep. not, you can use Zach's login. I got Prime. Could you share your password on the air? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. This actually, so I looked it up. This movie is available on Hulu, Amazon, Crackle, and Tubi TV. And Tubi's free. Nice. And Crackle's also free. Jesus, this is everywhere. Crackle's free? Yeah, Crackle's free. You just gotta... Yeah, it should be free. Um, So pretty much there's... Good pick, Chloe. Everybody... In fact, I think we should all watch it on a different streaming service. Because <laughs> there just happens to be enough. There's four options. Yeah. Dibs <laughs> on Prime. <laughs> Anything without ads. Damn it. I guess I'm stuck with Hulu. Well, I mean, my Hulu has ads. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, mine too. Uh, what was that? What was that one that failed? Uh, <laughs> uh, Quibi. Or... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have to watch it on Quibi. Oh. it's like eight minute seg- segments. They <laughs> they keep shifting it between all... portrait mode yeah. and letter. <laughs> Yeah, isn't it, it only like... portrait mode? Dude, <laughs> no, like it's like thing. both. You like you watch it in like widescreen and then you go to like portrait mode and I'm like, I I have to keep flipping it. I the movie was not formatted for this. That's such a stupid. It's on like it's like 120p. I don't know who Alex is. He keeps getting cut out of the frame. I can't see him. <laughs> it's like 80 pixels the whole movie. <laughs> You guys want my login? It's it's average dong. <laughs> average, average dong. <laughs> Don't worry, average man. Average. You know what? You want to hear my story? I kept buying things off of Amazon Prime. You know, like shipping, and it was like, oh, it's so quick. I love that. 
and I only just realized I was like, wait, I've been paying for this the whole time. So like I've had it for a couple months. I th- I thought it was just an option, and I was like, cool, they keep giving it to me. All right. And anyway, that was our uh, 2010s two part episode, big one, but we finally made it through. Maybe we could do a top twenty of the 2020s, but we're gonna have to postpone it for about nine years before we get to that. Um, yeah. So see you after we have a big breakup. <laughs> we should. 2026. You know what? We should. 2026 will be the end of Cinema Swamp. You know what? We should swear right now, regardless of if we're doing the podcast or not. In 2020, we post an episode online, but we act like we're like a horribly broken up band and we just fight the whole time. <laughs> well, of course, you would put I that mean, as your number eight. <laughs> I think, yeah, for some reason, if like we aren't able to keep recording, we have to do this in 10 years and then 10 years after that. And then every every decade, years. we have to. <laughs> Do another episode, definitely. Heck, in ten years we'll be doing like Justin, like Justin a hologram <laughs> podcast. Justin will be like eighty and like senile, and he'll just like keep uploading. <laughs> yeah, more like like one of us will be like when we're all eighty, one of us will be dead, and we'll just be going to the graveyard. They'll they'll be able to figure out immortality by then. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for watching, everybody. Sorry it was such a long episode. Actually, I'm not sorry. We got to get two episodes in, so we're just that much closer mm. to episode 100 with our famous guest star, Chai Courtney. And we're all going to yeah. go watch. Uh, we need to talk about Kevin, after which we will then need to talk about Kevin. Yeah, we need to talk about talking about Kevin. <laughs> we'll see if they ever did talk about Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be drinking uh, Bombers of Darkness Hell yeah Sponsor me See you next time And remember Always beware The cinema Were we supposed to whisper? Why are we whispering? I was whispering so we could hear your quiet mic Oh Say it now Have I, have I been quiet this whole time? Not that bad, but I mean, I knew I'd have to be quiet, and then Hunter joined me. And strangely, unlike how it usually goes, I could actually hear Hunter as I'm doing it, so apparently with my new computer, that's not an issue anymore. Um, now I just pause, so that's better. Zach, just say it alone now. Um, Cinema Swamp, beware of it. Bitch. Keep it Perfect. Thanks for listening to this episode. So, what were your favorite movies of the 2010s? Did any of them appear on our list? Is there anything that we missed that you wish we would have mentioned? And as a side note, which decade do you think really has the best movies of all time? Leave a comment on this episode, like our pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cinema Swamp. And remember, always beware of the Cinema Swamp.